Coming to you live from a barbecue shack near you, it's the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. We've got the sweet tea, the white bread, and a whole lot of slow smoke takes lined up. So put down your turkey burger, turn up the volume, and grab your hog, because it's about to be on. Oh, yeah. Now, say hello to your self-proclaimed food and sports experts, the utterly enthusiastic Holt Smash, and the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, Mr. JB the underscore Brooks. And now, here's your host, always full of ship, Alex Bullship One. Welcome back to the official SEC Slow Smoked Banner Belt Preview. I'm your host, Alex, a.k.a. Bullshit One. I'm joined by my other two hosts, Holt Smash, all the way from Memphis. What's up, Holt? Alex, how's it going, man? I haven't talked to you in a while. Are you doing okay? Dude, I am. Um, unfortunately, I did watch – I did have to sit through at least 10 minutes of The Bachelorette tonight, but I'm doing all right after that. I'm also joined by the one and only Tinder King of Memphis, also in Memphis. What's up, JB? I'm doing pretty well, Alex. Uh, it looked like you had a pretty wild weekend. Uh, it looked like you went to uh, yet another wedding. It is, in fact, wedding se- season right now because wedding season is not in the fall, right? It's in the spring and summer, correct? That is correct. There is no such thing as fall wedding season. I don't know how y'all feel about weddings, but I actually love weddings, especially weddings where it's not your family. It's just your friends or people you like just know a little bit. You have a couple of friends that go. It's an open bar, free food, just a good time all around. I mean, you probably like it more than I do. I'm not that crazy about weddings. Like, you know, I'll attend them, but I would, it's not a really big deal for me if I go to a wedding, especially if you try me go to one in the fall well i get i get the fall part but you tell me you don't like the free food there and free drinks i do like free food i mean you're not gonna give me to pass up on free food what about you wedding itself it's it's not free if you consider having to pay for a wedding gift yeah that too when you got to go to the registry and go to target they want you and the only thing that's left is like a $300 $300 set of like silverware. It's like you do not need this. No, well, you that's when need. you that's when you get like a pair of socks cuz everybody needs a pair of socks. <laughs> uh, I mean, I got I got things I can buy. Then, I'm just saying honest. like I, even I, I, you know, candles. Candles, even, gift cards. Even if the gift was like 20 or $30 or $40, you're you're getting you're paying that much for unlimited drinks and unlimited food. And I think to me that's worth it. Even if you have to pay I for mean, that. It's something that I mean, it's basically it's you're entitled to your opinion. I just weddings just don't do much for me. They they're not that exciting to me. I'm just kind of indifferent on them. Hold, do you hate them completely, or are you still like them a little bit more than JB? Um, to me, it's all about who's there. True. Um, if the, if I have a lot of friends there, then it's fun. And if it's like a like fun people, then it's a fun wedding. But like if it's just like all like old people and children, then you know I'm not not the biggest fan. I do like getting dressed up though. I will say that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, you got style, tight, but I, I definitely do enjoy a nice the feel of a nice uh, sports jacket and a nice shirt and tie, 
And uh, I have like 30 ties and I only wear ties like maybe twice a year. So probably not the most uh, fiscally smart decision on my end, but that's just how I roll. I'm the opposite of Holtz. I hate dressing up. I would rather come in there and dress up like a dad or in a wife beater for that matter than having to <laughs> dress in a full-blown suit in 90 degree heat. Well, Holt, Holt Smash has more style than both of us combined, so I understand why he likes dressing up. Um, I did have some world-famous New York barbecue for the re- – not rehearsal dinner, for the reception. Um, the reaction is like you would expect. It wasn't It wasn't horrible. I'm not stuck up as, as snobby as JB. It wasn't obviously the best, but it was free, and I did eat it. So I, I enjoyed it for the fact that it was free, but not the best barbecue in the world. However, I did have some good – New York pizza and some New York subs. I don't know how familiar you both are with the New York cuisine or diet, but obviously everyone knows about pizza, but I don't know if y'all also knew about the subs being big in New York. I did not. Yeah. I I, I knew like New York style pizza. And then I've always heard like, uh, um, bagel places like those, like, yeah. Bagel. Yeah. You know, where they have, like, different sandwiches and stuff, like, they make from bagels and stuff like that. Like, that, that's what I've always heard. But well, there's there's I've never, bagels. Never been in New York. There's bagels by itself. And then there's, um, like, there's a lot of bagel shops. And there's also a lot of sub or deli shops, I guess is the better way to say Because I went to two different delis um, while I was there in my short stay. So, it was pretty good. Um, and they do load you up with meat. So, that's, that's pretty good. I know, JB, I don't think you're as big on sandwiches but um, it is something to try if you are ever in New York, which I doubt you will be because you have really no reason to, and it's pretty far, but it's something to do, I guess, if you have the money to go. No, I'll definitely be in New York one day in my life. I mean, it's, you know, whenever it happens, it happens. But when I go to New York, I'll be trying pizza first, then pizza second, pizza third, and then maybe a Tony fourth. I got you. Well, let's get on to talking about what we came on here for. Hold on, are you ready to talk about some SEC football? I am. I mean, should we? I mean, should we talk about some SEC baseball first? Um, Since this is I, I don't know. Up. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of gets annoying to talk about Vanderbilt being good in baseball. They're they're always good in baseball, and they're not supposed to be like they're supposed to be shitty in everything. I thought, but they're good in baseball. That's their thing. Well, I mean, I feel like uh, this probably isn't going to be like the most fun podcast for Vanderbilt fans to listen to. So we can at least throw them a bone and talk about how they won the national championship. In baseball. Where it was just a little bit of you, Holt, rooting for Michigan for the underdog story because that was a true underdog story. They weren't even supposed to get out of the – I think it was whatever, Super Regional or the whatever, the the first round of the College World Series with them playing UCLA. I think they were supposed to lose even before they got to UCLA. I forgot who, who it was, but they were supposed to lose a while. Yeah, well, they, they won the Oregon Regional which they weren't supposed to win. Or they won the Oregon State Regional, which they weren't supposed to win. Then they went and upset uh, UCLA in the Super Regional, who was the number one overall seed. And then, you know, they had that big win against uh, Texas Tech, and then they beat Florida State to start off 2-0. and uh, you know, they were able to win that last game against Texas Tech. Luckily for them, they didn't have to face Arkansas, because I think Arkansas would have beat them. Uh, I think that was, like, the best team on their side. Um Unfortunately, struggled, um, you know, the first two games. But nonetheless, um, it was – I was kind of pulling for Michigan since you asked that just a little bit just because, you know, 
I I know like a lot of people are like so like pro SEC and like they always root for other SEC teams, but I don't like always feel that way. I do sometimes, but not necessarily in this case. Like I don't pull for Alabama in football. I don't pull for Vanderbilt in baseball. I don't pull for Kentucky in basketball. Like I may pull for like, some other teams like here and there that maybe are uh, more middle of the road type teams or teams that are having like a good year. But for the most part, I don't pull for teams just because they're in the SEC. And then the other side of that is a lot of people are talking about like, oh, this is so good for like the Big Ten. But you know, the Big Ten's had like three teams in almost like you know half century. So I'm not really worried about them taking the SEC. And um, you know, Illinois still went down to the Oxford Regional and got crapped on. And you know, none of the other Big Ten teams really did anything in the postseason. Michigan just got high. They have some good players. They really do. And they, you know, they played well, but uh, you know, they didn't really beat any SEC teams on their way there. I mean, they really, they're they beat, you know, a couple Pac-12 schools and then a couple, you know, an ACC school and a, a Big 12 school. So, you know, as soon as they had to face an SEC team, that's when they got shut down. So, I mean, I'm not really. Well, I don't know. I mean, you got to give them credit. Though. I mean, they beat UCLA. UCLA was uh, number one overall seed, and you don't get. Well, I'm know. not trying to take anything away from them. Like, I'm just saying, like. You know they played. They played well. It's for the SEC. That's all I'm saying. We take baseball seriously in the South. I got you. Um, JB um, was like me. We're gonna have a little humble brag here because when we started this whole NCAA tournament for baseball thing, we both said that not only was Vanderbilt going to win the SEC tournament, but they were also going to win the whole thing, the World Series. And it turns out we're both right. Not that that was a bold pick by any means, but um, we were right nonetheless. So I'm. Proud of both of me and JB, but I would like to ask JB though. Despite you picking Vanderbilt, were you nervous for Vanderbilt after they lost to Duke, whatever it was, like seventeen to one or seventeen to nothing? No, no, because in baseball, you know, you just you know get off the ground, dust your pants off, and keep on playing, and then you come back and play again. You know, it's and that Vanderbilt team, like they got an established culture of winning there. Like I was not ever worry about them. It wasn't even just the game they lost against Duke, you know, the first game of the Super Regional. They also lost first game and the uh, best What's series in the college world Michigan. And they came back and won the next two in both of those series. I was a little nervous for them, not after losing to Duke, but after they lost to Michigan in the first game, just because it is a three-game series and it kind of puts yourself in a hole. But did you know that I think those like the last three or four College World Series winners have lost the first game of the three-game series. No, I did not know that. That's an interesting little tidbit there. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's entirely true. I just did see on ESPN, like, there was a little asterisk and said, like, like five of the last, like, six or seven or something like that. So, I'm just saying it happens. I'm not saying it was the last three or four, like I just said, but I'm saying it, it definitely happens. It's not out of the ordinary for a team to lose the first game and then win the series. Unlike in basketball – uh, NBA, not that we're going to talk about NBA for a while because we'll, we'll probably shut this thing off right now. But usually if you lose the first game in a NBA series, you're the, the you have like a 30% chance of winning the series. But in baseball, college World Series, um, not not the case, I guess, uh, as of recent. So shout out to well, thanks for uh, Thanks for keeping us all informed on that, Alex. You know, I got to throw some math in there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're some athletes on here. <laughs> so I, like to, I like to describe myself as. But, um, yeah, so shout-out to Vanderbilt for keeping the SEC alive. Um, we had three SEC teams in the World Series, and, man, we were going down swinging soon because Arkansas lost both games back-to-back, and then Mississippi State, what well, they lost the first game, won against – no, no, excuse me, they beat Auburn, 
well, yeah, I forgot Auburn was in it too. Oh, they beat Auburn and they beat they lost to Vanderbilt and then should have beat Louisville, right, Holt? Yeah, thanks for uh, keeping up, Alex. Um, yeah, there were four teams in Omaha. That yeah. uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about the Auburn Mississippi State game. That game was pretty crazy. Auburn pretty much donated the whole game and then had a couple of errors in the ninth inning and let Mississippi State win it. Uh, and then turned to Louisville the next game, who Vanderbilt beat. And then Mississippi State turns around and, uh, after losing to Vanderbilt, the, they turn around and blow their own ninth. And that was pretty much it. Arkansas, really heartbreaking, really struggled to get anything going in that first game uh, against uh, Florida State, I believe. Uh, yeah, it was Florida State. And just really struggled to get anything going offensively. Um, you know, Isaiah Campbell was awesome, you know, per usual, but they just didn't get any run support. And unfortunately, um, Arkansas was two and done, as was, as was Auburn. Uh, Mississippi State gets one win over Auburn. And uh, that was pretty much it for the SEC teams other than Vanderbilt. So, uh, yeah. Howard, I don't know how great your memory is, but Vanderbilt went 59-12 and 12 according to the Wikipedia page I'm looking at right now this year. And it doesn't look like any team has gone 59-12 as of recently. So, how does this Vanderbilt team, this World Series champion team, stack up against the champions of past? <clears throat> Alex, you okay? I think so. Do I need to call an ambulance? Maybe, maybe. That's that's why I have the, the smoke detector beeping. Oh, okay. Did you hear what I asked? No, what'd you say? Sorry. You cut out <laughs> a little bit. I was talking about Vanderbilt winning fifty nine games this year, which is a shit ton of wins. And I was asking you to rank them out of all the recent champions uh in baseball. The worst. The worst? Yeah. All right. No, I'm just kidding. I mean they're I mean they're definitely they're better than Coastal Carolina a few years ago. Yeah, well um, that's what I like about baseball is that teams like Coastal Carolina can win. Yep. Maybe Memphis will make it one day. That's that's the goal. That's what we're shooting for. But um we're we're a football school now. It's funny that like the only one of us that likes Memphis is the one of us that doesn't live in Memphis. Yeah. I know, I know. Uh, JB, you ready to talk about Vanderbilt football? Talk about Vanderbilt football. All right, let's let's start it off, JB. Um, I have a lot of a lot of good facts written down here about Vanderbilt football, but I like to open up with some just general questions about Vanderbilt football. So I'll start with you, JB. Out of the last three years, JB, which Vanderbilt beating Tennessee game was the worst for you? Like, which one hurt the worst? I mean, that's pretty obvious. It's the 2016 game when they uh, beat. T- and kept Tennessee out of a uh, Sugar Bowl matchup with Oklahoma. Yeah, that's the well, way. I, I was looking at that today because I was thinking that that uh, Tennessee would have been in the um, SEC championship had they beat Vanderbilt. But Florida had, I think there were six and two, weren't they? Or let me, yeah, let me get... Florida, Tennessee conference losses. Florida only had two, and so then Florida would have been in the SEC championship, but Tennessee would have made a. Uh, you know, uh, the Sugar Bowl isn't that large as long as they had beaten uh, Vanderbilt, which they didn't do. Mm. Well, you know what they say, JB. It shit happens. 
they do probably, say that. It's probably for the best, though, or was it Hulk? Because right now, had they beat Vanderbilt, they could have been in a Sugar Bowl game, and then maybe Old Butch could still be leading old Rocky Top. Maybe. Who knows how many breaks they'd have by now. <laughs> True that. But let's talk about Derek Mason Hall for a second. Derek Mason is in his sixth season at Vanderbilt. A uh, couple questions. This might be a two-part question. First of all, did you think Derek Mason would last this long? That's question number one. Question number two, do you think that Derek Mason is the second-best coach in Vanderbilt history after uh, James Franklin? Uh, the first question is no. I didn't think he'd last this long. Um, honestly, I thought that usually about six years, um, I thought that he would either have – done a good enough job to get a better job somewhere else or that he would have been fired by now. Um, so, yeah, it does surprise me a little bit. But that being said, he's done, you know, a pretty decent job. Um, I don't think he really gets a lot of the respect that he deserves um, just because Vanderbilt's a really tough place to win with all their, you know, their academic standards and their kind of lack of financial commitment to football from the boosters. Um, just in general, just a really tough place to win and they're in the SEC um, so, yeah. so, yeah, I mean, it, it's been, you know, it's been tough. It's been a good tenure, though. I mean, obviously, he's got a couple of big wins over Tennessee, uh, a couple of big wins over Ole Miss, which are two of Vanderbilt's bigger rivals. Um, so, he's done good. You know, uh, that game last year against Notre Dame was really impressive. They really, uh, really had a shot to win that one late. Um, and we're, you know, obviously came up just short. You know, Notre Dame obviously ended up making the playoff last year. So, two just really – Two, really bowl games, two bowl games, and obviously James Franklin went to more bowl games, but I couldn't find a, a Vanderbilt coach that went to more bowl games. And maybe well, – I was – I mean, I don't know if he's quite on uh, – is it Bobby Johnson? Is that his name? Yeah. I don't know if he's quite on Bobby Johnson's level. I thought Bobby Johnson was a really good coach. Um, and he didn't have – you know, nowadays Vanderbilt gets a lot of money from, like, the SEC network and, like, the revenue sharing and all that stuff. But back then – uh, it was not nearly as much. There was no SEC network back then. There was no exposure for Vanderbilt. The only exposure Vanderbilt got was those 11 a.m. Raycon sports games. Jackson mm. Pilot. Uh, and, right, exactly. So, um, it's it's definitely a different day and age now. It's a lot easier to recruit to Vanderbilt than it was back then. And it's still not easy, but it's a lot easier than it was back then. And I, I just think he's he had, like, a long tenure, and I just think he was a really good coach. And – I don't know if I would put him to that level quite yet, but I definitely think he's on track if he can have a few, a few more successful seasons there at Vanderbilt. Let's uh, let's turn this back to JB real quick. Uh, JB Holt has uh, historically said Vanderbilt is like one of the worst jobs, or is it has implied that it's one of the worst jobs in the SEC, and maybe not, maybe one of the worst jobs in the country, just because they're like just so disadvantaged compared to the rest of the SEC. So I'm wondering if you're a young and promising coach. JB, like a Mike Morville, would you leave your current situation, like take advantage of your one or two good years of fame? Although Mike Morville's had a little bit more of um, success, but would you take, let's just say you were a Mac coach and you had a couple good years, would you take your one or two years and just go to Vanderbilt and get your three or four million a year and your big buyout and then just get fired after four or five years? Or would you stay at your smaller school and wait for a better job? Well, I mean, if I'm in a, a very aspiring head coach that's um, got a lot of confidence in myself, I'm definitely taking the Vanderbilt job. I mean, we've seen the previous coaches. I mean, James Franklin had success there. Uh, like Holt alluded to, Bobby Johnson. And Bobby Johnson, let's let's talk about Bobby Johnson briefly. He came to 
situation after Woody Woodenhofer, who completely ran Vanderbilt into the ground. They were only winning about one or two games a year under his tenure. And Bobby Johnson won, you know, took him to a bowl game and had some pretty good teams with him, competitive teams. Uh, during an era, like, before the SEC Network, all they had was Jefferson Pilot, and ESPN wasn't obligated to show Vanderbilt, and he still had some pretty good teams and brought in Jay Cutler and developed him, uh, some really other talented players like Earl Bennett. So, as I'm alluding to, like, I, if you're an aspiring head coach that has a lot of confidence in yourself, you're definitely taking the Vanderbilt job. Now, as for Mike Norvell, I couldn't answer for him. He might wait for a slightly better job, but if you're a Mac coach, you definitely take the Vanderbilt job. I mean, Vanderbilt has some things to sell. I mean, they really do. I mean, mm-hmm. when you look at what Stanford's been able to do, I mean, they Vanderbilt really could um, have a lot to sell. I mean, obviously, they're a great academic school, you know, so, I mean, that hurts uh, some of the players they can recruit. You know, they can't just go sign, like, the big dumb jocks. You know what I mean? They have to get guys who are actually intelligent enough to get into school and are serious about school enough to where they can not only get into Vanderbilt, but also be able to balance – being able to go to a school like Vanderbilt, make good grades, and play football at the same time, not a lot of people are going to be able to do. But that being said, they are a great academic school. They are located in Nashville, which is a really fun town, really up-and-coming city. Um, there's a lot to do for, you know, college-age kids and stuff like that. And, you know, also being able to be in the SEC, and, I mean, that exposure that comes with what we were just alluding to. So, I mean, I do think Vanderbilt could, you know, they really could become something – um, but I just don't think that's going to happen until they make the fi- the boosters make the financial um, commitment to the school and to the facilities. They're on par with the rest of the SEC schools um, that they're having to recruit against. Let's talk about James Franklin for a split second because everybody knows he's a great coach now at Penn State. Although he was on the hot seat at Penn State that not, that wasn't too long ago, and people already probably have forgotten about that. But um, at Vanderbilt, he obviously did a great job, but. I don't think people realize like the circumstances of him doing a great job. JB probably remembers it or knows it better than us being a Tennessee fan. But while James Franklin was at Vanderbilt, the whole SEC East was down. Florida wasn't good. Tennessee wasn't great. And then Georgia was decent, but they weren't to the level they were today. So um, I think James Franklin's tenure at Vanderbilt was, while it was good, it's not as good as it looks on the surface. Uh, JB, do you agree with that or what? I mean, really the stars aligned really well for James Franklin during his tenure at Vanderbilt because he took advantage of a uh, weaker East at the time. Uh, Georgia had some pretty decent teams. Had had, uh, Aaron Murray as a quarterback during that time. And Florida was down at the time with Noel Muschamp. Tennessee was struggling with Derek Dooley before transitioning to Butch Jones. Actually, going through their glory years at that time with us, Burrier. But uh, Kentucky was struggling at that mo- at that point in time. So, yeah, like the East was not as strong as it has been in previous years. And it, it really just stars were lined well for Vanderbilt and for James Franklin to uh, steal a lot of wins during those years. Some of the uh, Blue Blood programs in the East were down. Let's get to the current year. Did a little research, and the word I have for Vanderbilt for 2019 is challenging. And I guess that's kind of like a euphemism to say they're not – I don't want to say they're going to suck. It's just going to be tough. They have seven offensive stars returning and four defensive stars returning. The defense last year was already kind of shitty, so 
kind of scary to see how bad their defense could be this year. Although uh, Derek Mason is a defensive coordinator by nature, so um, you're a little bit more optimistic for their defense that he get it together just because he is a, supposed to be a defensive guy. Um, but they did lose a lot of starters on both sides of the ball. Um, they lost Ralph Webb, great running back, and Kyle Shermer, obviously one of their best quarterbacks of all time. But they are returning who hold? Keyshawn Vaughn. The Keyshawn Vaughn. What do you like about Keyshawn Vaughn, Holt? Everything. I remember when we were doing our variable preview last year, I'm pretty sure that I pointed out Keyshawn Vaughn as a guy to look out for in the SEC, uh, transferred in from Illinois. And he had a really big year. He had some really big runs. Um, he caught the ball in the backfield really well. He was just a complete back, uh, really good player, probably one of the more underrated players in the SEC last year. Um, and uh, just an absolute stud. I don't know what, what else can you say. The dude's just awesome. He's got a great name too. I like. I just like saying his name. Yeah, it's cool. Like I love names that are like two syllable first names and one syllable last names. I don't know why, but like I just always feel like those are just like the coolest names. And his name rhymes, which makes it like double cool. Yeah, and he's like triple cool. Triple. Oh man. Oh, slow down now. Is Keyshawn Bond the 2018 SEC slow smoke trade on Williams? He might be. The, my only concern is the what they lost in the offensive line. I mean, because there was a very senior-related offensive line last year. Those guys have moved on, and now we're, you know it's basically going to be a whole new offensive line that he's got to run behind. But I still think they're going to find a way to, to get him involved and have him making some big plays. But I don't know. I don't know. Like the Trevion Williams treatment is is really special. I mean, we have to really like somebody for us to for us to compare him to our boy Trevion. They they stole him in the NFL from like what was the seventh or eighth round. I can't believe they didn't weren't listening to us about it. Kind of tell him. Um, JB, little little trivia time. We know about Kyle Shermer leaving. Do you know who the starting quarterback for Vanderbilt is going to be this year, or who's in the battle? Uh, I mean, I, I'm going to have to wager and say it's probably going to be Riley Neal, the uh, director from Ball State. I mean, I, I think he's definitely in line to win the job. I mean, he put up some – too, and and it's and I, I'm not really as worried about Vanderbilt's offense if the offensive line can get it together. I mean, they returned a lot of their skill position players. Like, they're all their main wide receivers from their corps from last year are back. Uh, they got Keyshawn Vaughn back. Let's go. And they got uh, a tight end. So, I'm not really worried about them. I think Riley Neal is going to be able to step in and be a really good leader for them. Well, one thing Riley Neal does have for him is size. Um, yeah, I think he's – I know he's 6'5". I think he was like two, 200 and something, like just a typical NFL quarterback size. So that's good. I don't know about his arm strength because Ball State didn't come on SEC Network any time last year. But he does have the size. Um, what I do know about Riley Neal, whenever I did do a little research, he was a three-star – Class of 2015 from Ball went committed to Ball State. Uh, obviously, a grad transfer. Grad transfer. He had 1,900 yards last year, 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. So, decent numbers, not just outstanding numbers. Um, but I mean, who knows? I mean, you just want somebody you can trust behind the center. And I mean, I guess that's better than trusting a freshman uh, under center is having a grad transfer. Um, Holt, do you have any feel for Riley Neal this year? Um, no, not really. I mean, I 
I mean, I think he's kind of the safe pick. I think he's the favorite. Um, you know, just like you said, I mean, it wasn't just last year. I mean, he's played a lot. He's thrown for over uh, 7,300 yards in his career, six touchdowns. So he's played a lot, um, 60% completion percentage over his career as well. So that's really good. Um, you know, those numbers are in the MAC. But, I mean, that being said, he is throwing to MAC receivers with MAC players blocking for him. You know what I mean? So it's it's kind of hard to, to compare, you know, MAC numbers, SEC numbers, just for all those reasons. But, you know, I, I think he's probably the safe bet. I think uh, he's most likely going to be the starter. Um, you know, the, he's a grad transfer. I think he would come all the way down here just to, you know, ride the bench. Um, but, I mean, that said, Deuce Wallace, uh, redshirt junior, is, is a backup guy who I think, you know, some people like he was the backup last year. Um, he had a couple of problems with, with suspensions, um, which I kind of like. Um, I think that means that he's probably, I don't know, like I don't want to compare him to Chad Kelly, but, like, I just I just think about that. Like, maybe you got like, like Baker Mayfield. Like maybe you got one of those quarterbacks who's just like really cocky and like always getting in trouble, but like he's really good on the football field. I don't know if that actually is a good comparison or not, but I don't know. I just I something about a quarterback who gets in trouble just makes you kind of like him a little bit. Now they do have a new offensive coordinator this year. Uh, Andy Ludwig left Vanderbilt last year for Utah offensive coordinator. So shout out to him. That's a pretty solid move to go to Utah. They now have. And one of y'all are gonna have to help me say the whole name here. Jerry Jadowski, I think. Is that how you pronounce it? I'm not positive. Um, but we can go with that. Yeah, let's go. Let's go with Jerry G. I like Jerry G. We'll call him Jerry G. <laughs> Jerry G's. Well, we started we started the Albert O thing last year. So <laughs> they did start saying on the network, or I think. Um, I'm pretty sure they, they really did steal that from us. Like I'm pretty sure we were the first people to say that. Yeah. Jerry G though has some experience at Vanderbilt. I think he's been here the entire time with Derek Mason. This is his sixth overall season with Vanderbilt as well, but his first season as offensive coordinator, but he was the QB coach last year. So maybe you get a little excited and say, well, he helped develop Kyle Shermer into what he was if you really like Kyle Shermer. But um, who knows? Who knows what he's going to be? Again, y'all, but I think y'all both have – aren't as worried about the offense as you are on defense. Um, or maybe you are. I'm not sure. JB said he wasn't worried. I don't know, I don't know where you stand on the offense side hold. I mean, yeah, I think it's early in the season while that offensive line kind of gels together. Um, you know, I, I do think that maybe they could struggle a little bit with that early in the season. But I think by the end of the year, their offense should be uh, pretty good. Uh, I don't want to say, like, great or anything like that. Because um, obviously that's going to depend on how well the quarterback plays, but I think they have a chance to be pretty pretty good on offense. I mean, definitely at least middle of the pack in the SEC uh, by the end of the season. Um, defensively, you know, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, they they've just lost a lot. I mean, it's it's hard to replace that many guys. Um, I know, you know, Derek Mason is a defensive guy, and I believe he's still calling the plays defensively. I could be mistaken on that, but. I, I think he's a really talented play caller, and I think he'll have his guys ready to play. Um, they might just be a little bit inexperienced. And just like a early in the season, maybe some growing pains, but maybe later in the season this is going to be a team that knows. Let's switch over to the defense where the real worries begin. They have four defensive starters returning, JB. Uh, do you know any of their four stars returning? 
Yeah, uh, they got two guys on the defensive line coming back. Um, Drew Birchmeyer uh, also got a Dayo. I'm gonna give him that name. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I was glad one of y'all came that. Yeah, I'm not really good, at, you know, pronouncing names. Uh, we also got Dimitri Moore uh, returning on and linebacker position, and they also got a safety, Frank Coppett, coming back as well. But yeah, they only got four starters. A really crappy defense from last year. Uh, you know, their defense in the SEC last year and scoring defense was like 10th, but total defense, they were 13th. So when you have those kind of numbers from, you know, stats from last year's defense, and you only got four of them coming back, that doesn't really bode well on paper for what you might expect coming up this season. But but maybe they, if you want to look at it optimistically, maybe they got rid of all the shitty guys and they now all the new guys aren't going to be as shitty as them. It's like you can't be too much worse, right? Or maybe you can Oh, yeah, man, glass half full. Yeah, you can't be much worse than you were last year. But, you know, they still made a bowl. But last year, the offense uh, was kind of carrying the team. But this year, I mean, I think, like Holt said, they might there might be some growing pains. The offense might take a step back, at least through the first few games, maybe the first half of the season, while their offensive line, you know, gets some games under the belt. And that's when they're going to need the defense to hopefully be improved, kind of help even that out. Holt, is there a worse defense in the SEC next year than Vanderbilt? The only, th- only team I could maybe think about is Ole Miss. Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, I'll, I mean, I think Ole Miss's defense is going to be slightly improved this year too. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be really close between those two. Um, I'm looking – I'm th- trying to think about, like, all the other teams. I don't know. It, I haven't really looked closely at Missouri yet, so I'm not really sure what they're looking like. But I think that would be the only other team that I think would be in the running for that uh, that distinction. Yeah, challenging year this year, I think. But um, if you look at the schedule, we'll kind of segue this into the schedule. Um, you know, obviously the SEC is not too friendly to them, but they do play Ole Miss next year, which could be a possible win. And you never know with some of these games with Kentucky re- rebuilding this year uh, and Missouri. You never know. But they do have some easy ones out of conference. Uh, Northern Illinois, East Tennessee State, and UNLB looks like they should be wins, but some of them could be a little tricky. Uh, let's go through the schedule real quick and do some predictions. Um, I don't. I know you're a gambling man, Holt. The uh, over-under Vegas set, I think, was five for uh, five wins for this year for Vanderbilt, but um, – couldn't confirm completely because I was blocked at, at work with my Wi-Fi to get on the gambling website to see the over/under, but I think it was five from what I saw. So I think that's I think that's a good uh, over/under. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I mean, you look at their out of conference games; all four are winnable. Um, but you look at at Purdue is going to be really tough. Northern Illinois um, at home is going to be not. Easy. I mean, Northern Illinois is a pretty decent team. Um, but that being said, I do think Vanderbilt should be able to handle them. Um, you know, they go to Ole Miss. I think that's a game they can win. So, I mean, if they were able to win all their out of conference games and at Ole Miss, then yeah, then they get Missouri and Kentucky at home. Those are both games that I think that they can win. I'm not sure I would necessarily pick them to win those games. But, I mean, you start looking at all these games that they could possibly win, and, I mean, you could definitely see a way for them to get to five or six wins. All right. Let's, let's go through the schedule one by one, the famous SEC slow smoke way, which is kind of fun to do sometimes because we can independently kind of throw each other off with 
two against one and have a record that we don't really want. So it's kind of fun doing it this way, but it is kind of uh, unique and kind of sometimes not the most scientific way to do it. Well, let's go through it real quick. Start with Georgia. Um, some of these I might go through faster because I don't think they need to be elaborated on too much. Um, I'll, I'll have you know, Wikipedia does say Georgia and Vanderbilt is a rivalry. I'm not sure if it's truly a rivalry, but we'll, we'll start off with that anyway. Um, JB, what you got with Georgia Vanderbilt on Labor Day weekend, Saturday night, 6.30 on the SEC Network? Yeah, I'm actually kind of intrigued by this game. Uh, Vanderbilt's at home. Uh, they're catching Georgia. And there's a time, if there's going to be a time to sneak up on Georgia, it'd be the opening game. And there is kind of a history between them. Uh, about six or seven years ago, after Georgia won at Vanderbilt, they stomped on the star after winning the game. And Mark Rick uh, shoved his players off the star because he was really pissed about it. But uh, that being said, and as I've said, I'm still going to go with Georgia. I think Georgia's one of the most talented teams, not just in the SEC, but in the entire country this year. I think they are out for blood. 57. 20 overall record against Vanderbilt. Go ahead, Old. Sorry. Um, I think Georgia is – It's there's been, like, a lot of buzz lately, of, of, like, between, like, some really smart college football people that Georgia might be a tad overrated this year. Um, I think people maybe are overlooking, like, how much last year's team and also losing their offensive coordinator, Jim Chaney, to Tennessee. Um, I don't think Vanderbilt's going to be able to take advantage of that. Um, I think – I think Georgia's defensive line is going to have a big game in this one. I think it's going to be really tough for Vanderbilt to move the ball. Um, if Vanderbilt's defense is able to have a good game and maybe Georgia's a little bit off offensively, maybe this is a close game in the second half. But I think Georgia will win this game comfortably. Yeah, you guys feel sorry for Vanderbilt's defense against Georgia's offensive line and running backs. That's, that's what I think about most is the biggest mismatch in this game. We shall see, though. Yeah. We'll still watch it nonetheless. Um, next game at Purdue, um, I'm going to go ahead and say loss. I'll leave this one to you, Hall, because I know uh, Jeff Brom is your dude. Yeah, I hate to do it, but I think I'm going to have to go with Purdue in this one. I just – I'm a huge Jeff Brom fan. I just think he's a really good coach. And, you know, he's been recruiting really well. And, um, you know, we saw what they did to Ohio State last year. Obviously, they got beat pretty bad in the Music City Bowl against Auburn. Um, but I'm going to go with Purdue in this one. It's at Purdue. Um, just like I said, I'm a huge Jeff Braun fan. I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be a really close game. I think it's going to be a lot like the Mizzou-Purdue game last year. Um, just a really high-scoring game. Just really fun to watch. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. JB, elaborate a little bit more, maybe? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of Jeff Braun, too. And um... – this game to me is really just a matter of who is the uh, home team and who has that home field advantage. Uh, if this game was in Nashville, I'd definitely be more confident in picking Vanderbilt. If it was neutral, I'd probably be maybe a slight lead to Vanderbilt. But because this is in uh, East Lafayette, I'm going to have to go with Purdue. Um, they had Purdue had a lot of tough breaks last year to start the season before they rallied the second half of the season. But I'm, I'm going with Purdue in this one. Uh, it's just going to be kind of tough for uh, Vanderbilt to go to East Lafayette and, and what and and to what a what I would call a kind of a hostile environment. Uh, Jeff Rom has really uh, established a really good culture up there. And he's... Eleven a.m. specialty game too. On top of that, uh, so Owen to <laughs> Owen to Big Ten special. Yeah, Big Ten special. <laughs> Owen to to start it off of the year, and then you have to play LSU at home, but at, but it is LSU. 
Is that 0-3 for both of y'all? Yes, that's a 0-3 for me. Yes. I mean, I, I mean, Ed Orgeron, you never know. But, you know, they almost lost to Arkansas last year. So, I mean, <laughs> I think anything possible. But I, I'm going to pick LSU in this game just based off talent. All right, 0-3. Now, Vanderbilt could maybe finally get their first one against Northern Illinois, September 28th at – Vanderbilt in Nashville. Hope. Yeah, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt. I think they get their first win. Um, I think it's going to be a tough win for them. Just like I said earlier, Northern Illinois has been, you know, a really solid program the last They definitely think they have a shot to win this game. Um, so they're going to come in. You know, they're going to tee it high and let it fly, as they say. And I think they're going to they're gonna play loose and they're going to play to win. But I think Vanderbilt is going to win here. This is actually a sneaky good game. I don't know if it's quite the toss up, but it's not going to be a huge line for Vanderbilt. I would think I would think the line would be like six or seven Vanderbilt. Um, JB, what you got? As long as as long as uh, Vanderbilt doesn't mess around in this game and takes Northern Illinois so seriously, they should definitely take care of business. I mean, Northern Illinois they, they have had some pretty good teams in the last you know decade, and they've had some success, but. Vanderbilt definitely still has the uh, talent advantage here, and they're at home. As long as, you know, Derek Mason has his guys ready to play, and as long as these guys take the Vanderbilt should have no issue. One and three, Vanderbilt travels to Ole Miss in the crossover game and takes on a hungry Ole Miss team for the battle for the worst defense. I guess that's what we're going to call this game, maybe. Um, who you got, Holt? This is really tough. Um, I, I mean, it, it's really tough for Vanderbilt in the first half of the season because it seems like their toss-up games are on the road and the games that they're probably going to lose are at home. So, that's just kind of tough. It's really tough to win on the road in the SEC. I think Ole Miss is going to be slightly improved this year on defense. Um, you know, the new defensive coordinator and a couple of guys they brought in on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I don't expect them to be good on defense, but I do expect them to be – uh, more serviceable, and since this game is at Ole Miss, uh, I'm going to go. I don't know. This is so tough. You know what? I'm actually going to go with Vanderbilt in this game. I'm going to pick Vanderbilt to beat Ole Miss in Oxford. Ooh, fun times, JB. Will you the, be the more, the more I think about it, the more I think about it, the more it's like, you know, I mean, Ole Miss lost so much on offense last year, and I just don't know how good they're going to be, and I just don't think Matt Lewis is going to make it through the season. I think he's going to get fired at some point. I don't know if it's going to be during the season or at the end of the season. But I just – I mean, I want to, like, not show my biases here and, like, uh, you know, try to be rational when I'm talking about Ole Miss. And, I, I mean, I really – if I thought Ole Miss was going to win this game, I would say that that I would pick them to win this game. But it's just I, – I just think Ole Miss is going to be really bad this year. I think they're really going to struggle. And I think Matt Lewis not going to uh, be the coach in 2020. So I'm not, I'm picking Vanderbilt. I was going to ask JB if he was going to be at this game because he does get the Ole Miss tickets occasionally and goes to Oxford. But I did realize the time of the year this was, so I don't think you'll be going to this game October 5th, JB, at Ole Miss. Uh, no, but I, I think uh, my connections to any Ole Miss games are probably ending this year. But uh, this game is uh, a really, really tough one for me to pick. I this was the one I struggled with the most when I looked at Vanderbilt's schedule. I think this is an ultimate toss-up for and for Vanderbilt. Uh, Vanderbilt coming into this game is going to be, as we projected, one and three 
Ole Miss, to me, I think they're probably going to be a three and two team. Now, here's a couple of uh, kickers. Uh, the previous week, Vanderbilt would have just won their first game against Northern Illinois. For Ole Miss, their previous week, they just got their ass kicked to Tuscaloosa. Another ass kicking. And then also this game with Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, this is also the homecoming game for Ole Miss, too. You think Vanderbilt likes being the homecoming game and a conference matchup against Ole Miss? Absolutely not. A team they beat last year. Yeah. They're gonna, Vanderbilt's going to be motivated. I got Vanderbilt in this one. I am going to be the tiebreaker and go – oh, well, I was going to say tiebreaker, but then you all both chose Vanderbilt, so my bad. I was actually going to choose Ole Miss, so I guess this is where the, one, the first one where we differ. All right, all right. So that's, uh, what, a 2-3 and three Vanderbilt team now taking on UNLV, getting two wins in a row, taking on UNLV. So three wins in a row, is that what we're going to call it? Uh, I'll start with you, Holt, real yeah. quick. Yeah, we don't need to talk about this one. They're going to win. All right. all right. Same, JB? Yeah. The market down. Fly the W. Three and three. So three wins in a row. Now it's going to play Missouri at home. Uh, I don't think this is a toss-up, but I think this is going to be easy, easier one for Missouri. But maybe not because it's at Vanderbilt. What you got to hold? Yeah, I'm going with Vanderbilt in this one. Uh, I was all over Missouri last year, and they screwed me over. So I'm I'm uh, completely off the Missouri train. I'm actually uh, jumped off the Missouri train, and I'm now on the Missouri hate train. Mm, okay. So I just I literally passed it. Like I literally just jumped from one train to the other while they were passing each other. Also, no so, Drew Lock, no Drew Lock, so I get it. Yeah, and I, I like uh, Kelly Bryant, I really do. Um, I just think it's a tough situation this year because they're not gonna be able to go to a bowl game. I don't think. Um, I'm pretty sure in that thing, didn't they say that? So, anyway, haven't done our research on Missouri yet, as I as I alluded to earlier. But you know what? I'm picking. Uh, I'm picking Vanderbilt to win this game. It's at home. Uh, they finally start to get some of their winnable games at home, and I think they get this one. Over uh, over Missouri, JB. Yeah, this game is really kind of a cross game for Vanderbilt. I, they were just co- coming off a three game winning streak. Uh, they'll be five hundred halfway through the season. Uh, this game to me could really dictate how uh, Vanderbilt season uh, goes from there because after Missouri, going back to back road games at South Carolina and at Florida before playing Kentucky at home. But uh, this one, I am going to go with uh, Missouri. I'm actually slightly on the Missouri train this year. They got a lot of returning starters from last year. I don't think Kelly Bryant is the uh, guy that can win you games in the same respect as Drew. But uh, they got a lot of returning starters on both sides of the ball. And the running back to back as well in Crockett. I, I I like Missouri a lot, and I am going to pick Missouri to come to Nashville and win that game. In fairness, Drew Locke never won big games. That was his biggest problem is that he could – he killed the shitty opponents, but like played bad against Georgia and teams like that. So that is correct. And here's another here's another thing about Missouri. I actually think there's a very good chance they'll be undefeated going into that game in Vanderbilt too. Mm, that's that's some in depth research. I haven't done that to look at Missouri's schedule yet, but you could be could be right. Uh, I'll look at it. Yeah, they don't have a, they don't have a tough schedule, right? The toughest game before that's West Virginia. West Virginia's down before that, so uh, or South Carolina, I guess. South Carolina's not bad. But South Carolina's at home too. Yeah, I mean they their schedule their toughest game their two toughest games before well, actually their three toughest games before playing a Vanderbilt at home. So you got to go with uh I'm going with Missouri in this one. I just think they're going to win that one. So that'll put Vanderbilt what three and four. Yeah, that's because well I mean assuming I agree with you, which I do. So 
um, that does that is the official SEC slow smoke stance is three and four going to Columbia to play South Carolina. They're going to have a week off here um, before this game, so I don't know if that helps or hurts or however you take that, but um, they will have a week off going into South Carolina to play the Gamecocks. Um, for a hungry team, the team that could be playing for their coach's life there. Uh, so what – or excuse me, I should say job. Life sounds a little extreme. Uh, well, Muschamp's job. Uh, JB, what you got for South Carolina, Vanderbilt, and Columbia? That's a tough one because uh, South Carolina has the absolute toughest schedule in the SEC this year. I don't think there's any question they have the toughest. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, Auburn, Texas maybe Auburn too, but I would say – probably has the toughest schedule in the conference. And this game, to me, you're going to have two teams that are probably going to be roughly around the same record, record-wise, record maybe one game, give or take, between the two. And at, at this point, it could be the winner goes to a bowl, loser on bowl season. But I'm giving the edge to South Carolina. They're going to be at home. And I know there's a lot, you know, a lot of our followers don't think much of the I don't think he is – I think if he has another season like last year – where they go maybe seven and five or even worse, maybe if they go six and six or or maybe not be making bowling and seven, he will be on the high. I don't think Muschamp will be on the high seat and get himself fired after this season unless they absolutely just you know crap the bed, only win four or five games. But I don't think he's on the hot seat like you may have mentioned. I'm gonna go with uh, South Carolina. This one in an absolute nail biter. Yeah, I think this is going to be a close game as well. Um, anytime you got Will Muschamp in a game, you really can't take anything for granted. Um, pretty much all you know about a Will Muschamp game is that there's going to be some crazy special teams plays, and it's probably going to be a close game, and it's probably going to be really not fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the game pretty much falls in that category. I do like South Carolina just because they're at home, and I like Jake Bentley a lot more than a lot of people do, I think. Or I feel like I was down on him compared to everybody else last year, but I feel like a lot of people are sleeping on him this year, so I'm trying to buy some stock right now. Alex knows all about buying low and selling high. So last year, selling high. This year, I'm buying low on uh, Jake Bentley. Probably. And I'm going South Carolina. South Carolina S three and five Vanderbilt going to Gainesville to play Florida. Um, if you read Florida this year, Florida's a weird team. Um, they weren't supposed to be good last year, and they – well, I don't know. I didn't think they were supposed to be good last year. A lot of people didn't think they were going to be good last year, but they ended up being 10-3, and three, beat Michigan, and the, um, was it Peach Bowl, I think. And this year, uh, I think Phil Steele came out and said that Florida's going to be a shitty team this year, basically. So I still think Florida's going to be better than Vanderbilt, but um, people – the experts, quote experts, aren't saying they're going to be as good as they were last year. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Hold. Do you think Florida's going to be as good as they were last year, and – um, how much they're going to be Vanderbilt by here? Well, I do think Florida was slightly overrated last year. I think their record was better than they actually were. I think they played a disinterested Michigan team in the bowl game, and that kind of, you know, I guess people made too big of a deal out of that. Um, I don't think – I think Florida will be a decent team this year. I think they're good, and this game's at home. And I, I do think they're going to win. Um, I don't, I'm not, not in love with Florida this year. Um you know, but we talk about Dan Mullen being like a good developmental coach, and this is his second year with a lot of those players. And we'll, you know, I expect them to take kind of a step forward or for a lot of those players. I'm just still worried about Felipe Franks being the starting quarterback. Dan Mullen pretty much works magic with pretty much any quarterback that he has. Um, I'm just not in love with Felipe Franks' passing ability. 
And I think uh, they were able to use him a little bit as a, as a runner last year, even though he's not a traditional runner, just because he's such a big guy and he is pretty athletic. Um, they were able to make some plays with him in the running game. But I just I just don't think that's going to work uh, consistently in the SEC. Um, just a little preview on Florida there. Um, but that being said, um, I do think this will be a good game. Vanderbilt, um, you know, they're going to be playing for a bowl game at this point. They're going to be really looking for a big signature win for the season. So I definitely uh, could see Vanderbilt going down there and having a really good game. But uh, I'm going to go with Florida in this one just based on ta- – I think they have the talent edge, the coaching edge, and they're at home. So um, it's just all those three things. I just think it's too much to overcome. Debbie, in 30 seconds or less, what you got? Yeah, this is kind of a trap game, I think, for Florida. Uh, the previous week, they're playing Georgia in the cocktail party. And uh, going into this game, I think Florida's probably going to be a seven or eight win team going into it. So they're still having a lot to play for. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, uh, they might be a team that's going to need, you know, scratch and claw and win three of the next four to make it to a bowl. And this is one of those games, I think, that Florida could really sneak up on a team. But I am going to go with, uh, or not Florida, but Vanderbilt. But I am going to go with, or I'm sorry, with Florida. <laughs> and there were some fireworks in this game last year, if y'all remember. There was that whole incident before halftime. Vanderbilt got up, I think they were up like 21 to three or something in the first half of this game. And there was like the some block in the back on like a punt return or maybe it was a kickoff. I can't remember. It was like, targeting. And, uh, okay. And uh, Dan Mullen and uh, Derek Mason kind of got into it. And Dan Mullen behind his head. Yeah. Uh, the coach was like it was like Derek Mason literally walks like right up to him and like says something to him and then Dan Mullen waited until there was like an assistant in between him before he started yelling back, which I thought was pretty funny because Dan Mullen wants none of Derek Mason. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I don't think anyone in SEC wants anything of Derek Mason. I think that was the Auburn Tennessee weekend because I think we were all looking at it together on or I was looking at it on your Twitter hole at the Auburn game. I think. Yeah. But yeah, we were watching that game. We were watching that game surprised because Vanderbilt wasn't supposed to uh, play him that close, and it, it was close for a while at least. Yeah, it looked like they were in for a while, but Florida ended up back and getting the win. Sorry to bring up memories for, uh, for Vanderbilt fans, but yeah. All right, all right. So, what's that? Three and six, I think, going into Kentucky. Another robbery game, according to Wikipedia. This is a game's at Nashville. Good Lord, all their games seems like it's at Vanderbilt Stadium. Um, but nonetheless, they do play Kentucky here, um, which could be another toss-up game because Kentucky doesn't have everybody coming back like they should, like they did last year. So, with that, this should be a good breakdown. JB, go ahead. Yeah, this is a. Um, as everyone says, these have always been the two teams in the East that have always been near the bottom, but not in the last few years. Uh, both of these teams have, you know, done pretty well. Uh, I like. I, I think this game's going to be kind of an intriguing matchup. I actually like both of these teams to be a little bit better, but their records may not show for it. Kentucky may not be better, but I think Kentucky would be a better team, but the records can show going into it. I think Kentucky and Vanderbilt are both going to have three and six records. They're both going to be playing for the bowl game lives. But with this game being at uh, Vanderbilt and Nashville, I'm going to go with Vanderbilt at this point of the season. And we'll go ahead and slot it in for Vanderbilt. Holt, do you disagree? Um, actually, yeah, this is a really tough one for me. Um, but I'm actually going to go with Kentucky. I think this is going to be a really close game because it is every year. And obviously it is at Vanderbilt, which gives them advantage. But I just think people maybe are uh, overlooking Kentucky a little bit this year because of how much they lost last year. I do expect Kentucky to take 
a step back from where they were at last year, but I don't think it's going to be like three or four steps back. I think that what Mark Stoops has done there has been really impressive. They've improved every season um, that he's been there. I don't think they're going to improve this season. I would be really surprised if, if he did, if they did, but um, that being said, I do think uh, Kentucky is a little bit slept on this year and I think they're going to get this win at Vanderbilt. I am going to agree with Holtz. So that would be what three and seven uh, for Vanderbilt going into East Tennessee game, East Tennessee state, which should be an easy one that we should not talk about. Correct. Holt and JB. Do you want to elaborate on either on this game a little bit? Kenny Chesney went there. Who, who did? Kenny Chesney went there. He did, but he roots for the balls, not the books. Well, it, yeah, Kenny Chesney's a fan of everybody. When he comes to do a concert in your city or your uh, college town, he's going to be a fan of your team. He, he's the country version of Drake. Yeah, that's what I was just thinking about. Um, but good thing he plays good music. Otherwise, I'd be really mad at him. <laughs> now, the thing is, like, you know, Chesney has his favorite teams, but he's still going to, like, put on the jersey for the other team that he's, you know, performing a concert for just to appease the fans there. That's just the kind of person. Just the marketing. He's a people person. All right, we'll just say this is a win. Um, Kenny Chesney is going to root for both teams in this game. Uh, but to, uh, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt should win this game. So that's four and seven taking on the Tennessee Vols. And the revenge game, JB, at Knoxville. Does Tennessee finally get their revenge and beat, Tennessee, beat Vanderbilt in Knoxville? I hope to God that they do finally. Tennessee prevails in this one. I think Tennessee at this point is probably going to have uh, around six or seven wins. Uh, they're going to be wanting to build on this. <laughs> they need to beat Vanderbilt. I mean, there's no excuse for Tennessee not to beat Vanderbilt. I mean, historically, Tennessee has always been, uh, you know, a much more prestigious program. And the last three years, Vanderbilt's gotten the last laugh on Tennessee. I think Tennessee being at home in the middle, they're going to want to end their season on a good note and, you know, exercise their demons and beat all that will prevail in that one, but I think it's going to be a close one. Uh, Tennessee and Vanderbilt games in previous years have been pretty close. Uh, maybe not uh, so much the last couple of years, but in the last decade they've had a lot of close games, but I'm going to go with uh, Tennessee in this one. But here's, here's the thing that I have Vanderbilt 5 and 6 going in this game. You two have four Vanderbilt 4 and 7. I've got Vanderbilt at least with the chance to go to a bowl with a victory over Tennessee, but I think that... No, I've been, I have them at 5 wins also. Okay, so because I picked him to beat uh, Missouri, I don't think you're counting that one. Forgot about Missouri. Yeah, for you. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Vanderbilt fans, only one of us that's really shitting on you is Alex. Yeah, well, I gotta so direct I all your tweets. So direct all your tweets at bullshit one on Twitter. Yeah, so basically, oh. both have Vanderbilt five and six going into their game against Tennessee, which you know, in previous years, history has shown us that they've beaten Tennessee to go to a bowl in two of those last three years. So maybe they can do it again this time. They did it last year. Tennessee and Vanderbilt last year were five and six, and Vanderbilt got that six win over Tennessee and made it to a bowl, and Tennessee was ended up saying. How much would you love that whole if Vanderbilt got another win over Tennessee to go bowl eligible and somehow Tennessee couldn't go to a bowl game again? Uh, I, I would enjoy that, and I would play that video again of the, <laughs> the Vanderbilt. Right, kids singing Rocky Top. That you know, one. That fans is, were lined up in traffic trying to get out of there. 
That's definitely the best one, but also my second favorite, which I tweeted out today, was the um, Derek Mason going crazy after the Tennessee win and saying this is our state. I know, JB, that you probably didn't enjoy the Vanderbilt win like everyone else, but you got to laugh at the way Derek Mason reacted afterwards. Oh, no. Like, I don't have any ill will towards Vanderbilt or the program or its fans. Like, I haven't really encountered that many time that's not like any kind of like words Vanderbilt I just I've never really had you know interactions with a lot of people associated with Vanderbilt so I have no ill will towards the program I'm, I'm happy to see them win games and have success like there's no ill will for, towards them at all for me yep so Holt uh JB saying win I'm saying or excuse me JB saying Tennessee win I'm saying Tennessee win are you saying Tennessee win as well yeah, I think so. Just add Tennessee is going to be pretty improved this season. Um, you know, I think Tennessee just can they put the offensive line together? If, if the offensive line comes together, then they have a chance to be really good. That's true for both of these teams. And I just feel a little bit more confident in Tennessee's defense than Vanderbilt's and they're at home. So I'm going with Tennessee in this one. So collectively, we have Vanderbilt at four and eight. Individually, y'all have them yeah. at five and seven. I have four and eight. So. We, it's just me and JB disagree on what their what yeah. their SEC win is going to be after, uh, or I guess their third SEC win because yeah. I I think they're going to beat Missouri. He thinks they're going to beat Kentucky. We both think they're going to beat Ole Miss. And so is the ceiling for Vanderbilt absolute ceiling seven wins or is it six wins? I think there's seven games on their schedule that they can win. Yeah, like I, I did a, a little matrix here, Alex. Um, I got three guaranteed wins for Vanderbilt, and I've got five more games that are possible victories. So I get, I would say their ceiling, their absolute ceiling is eight wins. Their floor, I would say, is probably four. So anywhere between four and eight. Yeah. So, yeah, I think – I think I think they get, get five. I don't think they can get six, though. I just think – I think five wins. I think four or five wins is what I would, what I would if say. They get, if they get to six wins this year, that either means that the SEC East is terrible – or that Derek Mason deserves to be like coach of the year. Yeah. Which would be an interesting sight to see, nonetheless. Any final words on Vanderbilt football for you before we wrap it up? I mean, no, not really. That's pretty much it. I mean, we pretty much covered the basics. You know, they're losing a lot on defense. Defense wasn't really that good last year to begin with. Uh, offensive line, they lose a lot. But skill position, they, they bring a ton back. You know, wide receiver, running back, tight end. They're absolutely loaded uh, with playmakers. Um, so it could be a really exciting offense if that offensive line comes together. And if uh, one of these quarterbacks, you know, ends up coming in and playing well. Um, and just like we said, they got about seven or eight games on their schedule that they can win. Um, so it, it, it's just all going to come down to, uh, you know, to how they play in those games, those toss-up games. Keyshawn Vaughn for Heisman. Let's go. I'm ready for it. What you got, JB? Anything else before we bounce out of here? No, I think that's good. I think we pretty much covered everything we need to cover about Vanderbilt. Uh, I mean, I don't – it's hard for me to say I don't want them to go – that they're not going to go to a bowl. I do, I do think they have a shot. But I think really a five wins is realistic for them going into the season. And I know that's what Vegas has as the over-under. So I'm pretty much right on the even line at five wins. All right. So you heard it here first. Five wins and Keyshawn Vaughn for Heisman. Uh, thank you for listening the to first the first ever high-
when they're on a team that didn't even make a bowl game. And they have Jerry G for offensive coordinator. It'll catch He's going to win the Brawls Award. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So we're going to do all- give a shout out for giving him that nickname. Yeah. We're going to do all – we need to do ahead and do the trademark or copyright so nobody else steals, or at least they'll have to pay us for all this. Um, we will do all of the SEC football teams previews before the season starts. So we're about to have a busy, what, seven weeks hold, I think it is, eight weeks? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it just depends. Are we trying to get them all done before the Florida game, or are we trying to get them all done before Labor Day? The Florida game? <laughs> no, I think we'll do them all before Labor Day. I was thinking all before the Florida game. I think our projected schedule is to have two previews per week uh, starting next week, with this one being the first one being this week. So I think we, if we have two per week starting next week, we'll have them all done before Florida and Miami kick it off in week zero of the 2019 college football season. Oh, I thought you were talking about like a Florida SEC game. I didn't realize what you were talking about. <laughs> now I got it. No. Florida Miami game. It's like a week before the season starts. Hell, what's week, up? Week zero, week zero. I got you. They're throwing, they're, they're throwing these curveballs at me. So I can't keep up. It's, it's tough. Yeah, I, I know. Hey, baseball. Yeah, I'm too busy watching baseball. All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll we get all the previews in um, before the season starts. You heard it here first. Jerry G, Keyshawn Bond for Heisman. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Yeah, that was a great thirty minute podcast, though. Thanks for tuning in to another outstanding episode of the SEC Slow Smoke Podcast. Be sure to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app of choice. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at SEC Slow Smoked. Spread the good word on this podcast like the chili and cheese on your fries. If you like this podcast, tell a friend because there's plenty to go around. Oh, yeah.